making post-secondary decisions is weighing heavy on a lot of people's shoulders. And it's really challenging to be making decisions when we don't have access to all the information we need to have fully informed decisions. So this episode will help you to anchor yourself into your values and into ways that you can make decisions given the information that we do have and set you on a path that will align closest with the values that you have and the post-secondary experience you want to have. people sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. there and welcome to the Gap Year podcast. My name is Michelle Dittmer and I'm your host and Gap Year expert. I am so tired of saying that we are in unprecedented times and I'm probably sure you're pretty tired of hearing that as well. I've hit my saturation point. So what I really want to say today is that these times are allowing us to recenter, refocus, and reevaluate what's really, really important to us. So at the time of recording, we are in um, the, social, the sixth week of social distancing and for COVID-19 in 2020. And it's a time now where we're really starting to see things that we like about ourselves, things that we don't like about ourselves, and uh, in society as well, in the way that we're, we're currently living. We have been forced to slow down and take away all of the busyness. And for the first time in a long time, I know for myself and a, a lot of my friends and peers, we're really starting to feel again and not in that mushy, woo-woo, rainbows and butterflies way, but in a way that we're actually creating space for listening to ourselves, listening to our families, listening to our bodies, and really having an opportunity to make some space for the other things in our lives. And this episode is all about values-based decision-making, and we are really exploring values on a whole new level now that we have a little bit more time and space where we're taking away the busyness, we are almost being forced to slow down and to really reevaluate all of the things in our lives that we had before now that some of them have been taken away and that certainty or that perceived certainty has been all thrown out the window. So you probably know the term value, but we don't necessarily know it as a term for what actually makes us tick. So we know things are valuable uh, and we can associate prices to them, but there's actually values that we hold so central to our core that actually are what drive us on a daily basis. It helps us to make decisions in life and it really helps us to prioritize what's important to us. 
And now more than ever, anybody in grade 12 is going to be making some really big decisions about what their fall is going to look like. And yet our traditional way of decision making, looking at facts and statistics and probabilities and making pros and con lists is almost impossible because we're not being provided with all of the information. We don't have the statistics, we don't have the numbers, we don't have um, a guarantee of what things are going to look like. So we're going to have to be leaning on something a little bit different and something that might be a little bit new for people, and and that is our, our core values. And I'm really hoping that this podcast will help everybody as part of that decision-making journey to get a little bit more clarity. So As things around us keep changing and evolving, sometimes really quickly and sometimes not fast enough, we can really use our values to ground ourselves because more than likely those values are not going to change between now and when you head to post-secondary. So it's really worth some time to spend looking and evaluating and figuring out what they are and figuring out how they plan, how they play into your decisions for post-secondary. So before I get too deep into this, let's look at kind of the flow of this so I don't lose you. We're going to start off with how to define your values and looking at what is important to you in your post-secondary experience. We're going to take a quick peek at what some of the potential futures for what that post-secondary might look and feel like. And then we will aim to help you to really narrow down what the best decision for you might be based on the values that have emerged. Now, there is a download with this podcast that I highly recommend that you get. It's just a simple PDF that you can download and check it out. And it will really help to put some of these activities into a very, very concrete space. So if you're good at listening and interpreting what I'm saying, by all means, go ahead. But if what I'm saying is not quite fitting with what you're imagining or you want something concrete to write on, I highly recommend you head to the show notes for this episode and uh, download that PDF. It will be really, really helpful for you. So... I want to tell you why I am so passionate about values work. And what it comes down to is I really learned about values and the importance of them later in my life. I was doing my master's in leadership at Royal Roads University, and we were asked for an assignment to list our values and to elaborate on our values. And I really didn't know where to start. Um, Honesty... Uh, family, all all those things that just kind of bubble up naturally and the, the defaults. And so I googled a list of values and I picked some and believe it or not, I, the, my assignment was returned back to me saying, nope, you missed the boat on this completely. You have to do it again. And it shocked me to my core. I was a 90 student. This is not this is not how I work. It, yes, of course it's right. I, I did it properly. I gave facts about each one of them and why it's important to me. And uh, how did they know that those weren't my values? Uh, so I did lots of soul searching to really unpack what values actually meant. And in all of this research, I really found a connection to them. And I really now understand how central they are to everything that's happened in my life, to my happiness on a day-to-day basis and how they've guided every decision that I've made in my life. 
I recognize now that when I feel most alive and most happy and most passionate, I'm actually living out my values. And when I'm struggling, my values are being compromised in some way. So to make it a little bit more concrete now, um, in this time of social distancing and COVID-19, one of the things that I'm struggling with um, is is the idea of being stuck at home. Because one of my core values is mobility and having the freedom to move about based on my needs and my desires. And that has been taken away from me. And and that is one of the pieces that is causing me some stress and some disappointment and um, frustration over this situation. But I'm succeeding on another one, another level because of one of my values being service and being of service to others and, and, and giving of myself, of my gifts and my talents to others. And now more than ever, I'm serving young people in such a formative time of their life and during such a critical time in our collective lived history. So that's where I'm drawing my energy from is from this value of servitude to others. So I think I really want to give you some high level tips for identifying your own values um, and then parlaying them into how they're going to help you with your post-secondary decisions. So I'm going to give you some questions to think about and all these questions are on that handout and in the show notes. So if you need to come back to it, if you need to see it in writing, make sure you check those out. So a value is really what is driving you, what makes you happy. And um, to order to really narrow that down, grab a piece of paper and take some notes or take that download from the show notes and let's get to it. So the first question I want you to think about is to really identify a time in your life when you were the happiest. So think about that time. Pick about pick something that was going on in your life. What were you doing? Who was there? And what about that situation or that time in your life was making life so great? So I'm going to give you, I'll walk you through an example as you're thinking about this. Uh, a time in your life, maybe that was a summer vacation. Maybe you and your family packed up the car and you drove out to the East Coast. And maybe that is a time where you really felt fully alive. So what could, those, what could some of those values be coming out of that particular experience or, or that area of your life that was so happy? Maybe you do have a value around family and family, family is central and it's something that you prioritize and something that you want to make sure stays really important to you. That could be one of your values. Perhaps looking at that same example of a, of a road trip, maybe you really value adventure and spontaneity and that road trip really embodied that. You loved getting out there and seeing new things and deciding to pull off to try that little ice cream stand or um, not being able to find a hotel and having to sleep in the car and that was what made that experience so great. So maybe adventure and spontaneity. Or maybe you had a value around learning because you loved stopping in uh, Montreal on the way and learning about um, how Montreal was founded. And you love going out to the East Coast and you love learning about the culture out there and how it's different from home. Um, And learn maybe picking up a a new instrument because of what you saw out there. Maybe I've always wanted to play the fiddle. Um, So thinking about those types of things and, and that's how you can unpack some of your values 
use by thinking about a time in your life when you were the happiest. What was making you happy? And those can be some of your values. Let's look at identifying your values with a different lens. Let's think about something different this time. Let's think about something in your life that you are most proud of. Maybe that is an accomplishment. Maybe that is a relationship. Or maybe that's a milestone that you hit in your life that you are super proud of. Um, Now thinking about that, uh, I'll give you an example. Perhaps you started your own business. Maybe you are making jewelry, maybe you are mowing lawns, maybe you are, were providing tech support to somebody, whatever that may be. Maybe the thing that you're most proud of is, or an idea that came to mind was making your first sale. And so that could be something that you can celebrate and something that really, really made you very, very proud. And maybe let's look at that example about what some of those values might be. Perhaps the value coming out of that is hard work. You know how much work you put into getting that business off the ground, how much work you put into getting those flyers out into your neighbor's boxes or setting up that website or creating the product that you were going to sell. That can be a value that you have. Um, Maybe the value is taking risks. You went out there, you put yourself out on a limb and you were successful. And without taking that risk, you wouldn't be where you are today and you wouldn't have had that proud moment. Uh, Or maybe the value around that first sale is the value of community, how people stepped up to share your message. Maybe they they shared the jewelry that you were making on their Facebook page and that page and that led to a sale. Or maybe they supported you on this journey to entrepreneurship. Um, those, Those are all different angles that you could take from the very same experience. So we've talked about two things. We've talked about, think of a time when you were the happiest and what in that situation made you happy and try and draw out your values from that. The second one is to think of a time that you were most proud and uh, what are the values that came out of that particular visualization. So if you're still struggling a little bit, I will post a list of some values that might kickstart your uh, exploration of what your personal values are. And so that's exactly what that ex- those two exercises are, is to find your general personal values. Now, the episode that we're doing here is to connect that to deciding what to do next year. So some of those might directly equate to helping you make the decision and some of them might not. So let's look at how we can take this to the next level now that we have a general understanding of what your core values are um, and how you want them to play into what your future could look like. So let's look at fall 2020 and the decision about either if you should go to post-secondary for the first time or if you should go back to school or what you should be doing um, at the at the next critical junction in your life. And so let's actually pretend that COVID-19 never existed. And doesn't that feel good? Just to let go of that for all of a second uh, and bask in that feeling and it feels so good. So pretend COVID-19 never happened and think about all of the things that you were looking forward to for next year. 
Now this is where that download is really gonna come in handy because there's a column for you to write all of those things in. But if you don't have the download, just make a little bit of a note as to what uh, all of those things are that you are looking forward to for your next year in September. So take a pause right here, really think about what were you hoping that you would get out of your first year experience? What are those things that you were really, really, really looking forward to? Was it that you were looking forward to meeting new people during Frosh Week? Was it that you were looking forward to building independence and moving out of your home, your parents' home? Was it that you were excited to connect with some brilliant minds, some professors who were experts in a field that you were interested in or passionate about their subject matter? Was it that you're just excited to get out of the high school environment and close that chapter, move on? Uh, Or was it that you're excited for taking your learning to a new level and being exposed to new and innovative ideas and subjects that weren't accessible to you in high school? Now really, really think about this. This is what is going to really guide you in your decision making because it's those things, those things that were important to you that will dictate whether you will feel good about your first year um, or your next year or whatever it is. Um, And I want you to really be honest with yourself. Were you looking forward to the parties? Is that something that was really exciting for you? Or is society saying you should be looking forward to the parties and you feel compelled to write that down, but actually you just really wanted to nerd out? Um, Or maybe even that moving out was super, super important to you and that was something you were really looking forward to. So, So think about it. Take some time to be intentional on this and make a really solid list. Um... The next step, once you have that list, is to look at which of those things that you were looking forward to, and here's where COVID-19 comes back, and look at which of those will still be possible, given a couple of possible scenarios moving forward. And again, the download will really help you because I've, I've built in some columns for this to help you clarify your thoughts. Now, to be completely upfront, I don't have a crystal ball and I don't know what's going to happen. Things are changing on a daily basis. Uh, But what I do know with 100% certainty is that September 2020 will not look like September of 2019. Uh, It just absolutely will not. There are too many things in the world that are different now than they were before. Uh, So let's look at a whole, let's look at uh, four different scenarios. And I've been sitting in on a bunch of conversations with post-secondaries admissions teams and trying to stay abreast of what things might actually look like and what the probability of um, the way things will look in September. And we just don't have enough information, but this is, these scenarios are what these schools are currently, what all of the post-secondaries are currently looking towards. So let's look at the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is life is looking a lot like it's looking today. We're still under physical distancing. We probably, this would mean that there would be some sort of online orientation or online frosh week. Your courses would be online. So it would be not too far off of what you're currently experiencing. 
Um, and this could last um, for uh, maybe a month or a semester. So these admission teams are currently planning, if this is the case, to have an online semester until Thanksgiving or an online semester um, for the entire semester through till Christmas. So that's what those teams are planning for, and that's, that's kind of our worst case scenario. If we're to take it a level up, and uh, so we'll call this one scenario two, and physical distancing has been lifted, but large groups are still not allowed. So if you think of the traditional university or college classroom, where it's a lecture hall of a couple hundred people, um, that's probably not going to be allowed. So they, the likelihood is that most instruction will be online. Maybe there will be some small tutorials allowed, um, but likely residents and cafeterias will not be open uh, and not be available to us because they would be gatherings of, of larger groups and um, communal livings beyond um, our, our natural families. So uh, that would be our second level um, where things are being lifted. Scenario three is by some miracle, uh, everything is back to quote unquote normal and uh, um, university is moving ahead as usual with an in-person orientation week, residents, cafeterias, in-person classes. Now I'm going to say this is a little bit of a dream scenario and very highly unlikely, but let's put it in there because it could happen. Um, who knows? The last scenario that I want to put in front of you is what would happen if you take a year away from your formal schooling. Um, so this is taking a gap year and taking that decision to, under each one of those three scenarios, um, have a year that looks a little bit different than formal schooling. So I want you to put that out there um, and, and really understand that that might be a good option for you. So those are, those are four different things that it might look like in September for you. But your guess is as good as mine. Um, if, I if I'm a betting person, I would bet that we are going to be online um, probably for the full first semester. That would be, that's what my gut is saying right now. It's not an ideal situation, but uh, I suspect shifting from an online semester to an in-person semester midway through is not going to be very possible for a lot of institutions. So that's what my gut is saying, but don't hold me to that because things are changing on a daily basis. So looking at those three scenarios, um, some of those scenarios might really greatly impact the things that you were excited for, while others might not be impacted at all. So it's really important to take a look at your list and see what happens for each of those things that you were looking forward to. And in each of those scenarios, I want you to think if those particular things that you were looking forward would be lost completely and you couldn't regain them, it was just something that you would have to write off. I want you to list or look for the things that would just simply be delayed. So things that just wouldn't happen this year, but they could happen next year or they could happen in January. So there's certain things that will never happen given those scenarios. And there's certain things that will happen, but just at a later date. So it might not necessarily be quite as bad as you think, um, but this exercise will really help pick apart what might be possible. So if there are certain things that you would lose out on completely, I really want you to brainstorm and think about if there's an alternative way that you could give yourself a similar experience. 
So let's say you were really looking forward to um, having the independence and moving out. And that is something that was really, really important to you in the situation. And knowing that that is maybe unlikely now for you, perhaps the alternative would be to move into the basement. Maybe you could create a really great little apartment for yourself in the basement of your home. And you could give yourself a little bit of a mini experience that might help to not replace, but to create something that might be analogous and something that you can do in this situation. So I think that that's really important to look at what some alternatives might be. So I really, and, and the whole situation might not be as bad as you think when you actually pick apart what are those things that you are looking forward to and that are going to define your post-secondary experience. So let's take a look at Frosh Week as an example of something that will look different for next year, um, 100%. So <clears throat> if you were to head into an online first semester, your Frosh Week will likely not happen the way that you think it will. And um, they're, they, I know that universities right now are working on creating an online orientation and what that might look like and how they can create some of the similar experiences, uh, but definitely it will not look like the Frosh Weeks that you see in the movies or you've seen your older siblings go through. Um, maybe they're going to come up with some online speed dating games where you get to know people in your programs. Um, they'll probably have some instructional online sessions on how to learn online and how to navigate their systems. Um, now for me, I'm not right, really sure how I could translate my Frosh experience um, of meeting people, uh, including one of my best friends who spoke at my wedding. Uh, basically, he needed a screwdriver on the first night and I had one and we've been inseparable ever since. Um, but that wouldn't have happened if it had been online. Um, learning my way around campus. Uh, it's a lot more exciting to be exploring new biz buildings than to be poking around websites and online portals. Um, and also I found out about all the extracurriculars that I get get involved with. Um, and just in general, being really hyped about my university experience and setting the stage for the way that the next four years was going to play out. So it was so critical and so vital to who I am that I ended up becoming a frosh leader for the following year. And every year after that, I, I was involved in some way. So for, for me, my value system, that was something that was really important to me. And I couldn't imagine having an online version of that. So for me, it was, it would be important for me to wait to have that experience. So if I took, if I was looking down the pipeline at my experience, I would wait a year and then I would be able to get that experience uh, just a year later. So um, I think that that's a, a very good example of taking time off and how that might actually benefit you. So you can actually delay it. So that's one way to look at it. Now that segues really well into the idea of um, taking a gap year. I'm going to invite you now to look at what the costs and benefits would be to delaying heading into post-secondary. Now that you've looked at that list of all the things you were looking forward to and all the things that might be lost or delayed and really look at that column of taking a gap year. And I'm inviting you to do this 
with all of those three scenarios in mind. The same limitations might exist. It's not like if you take a a gap year, you can all of a sudden travel to Europe or you can all of a sudden head to concerts. The same limitations and the same restrictions are still going to apply. So keep that in mind. Um, But there is, it is possible to have a phenomenal gap year without traveling and with social distancing in place. But in that scenario, you are actually in control of the activities and the outcomes of your year if you're taking a gap year, rather than being subject to the decisions that the the various institutions are making about when and where you can be in person and how you're going to learn. And um, you can actually customize your experience. So even if you want to do your own learning, you can decide if you want that to be through video or through reading or through conversation. Whereas if you are doing your learning under somebody else's program, you're subject to the ways that they are choosing to move through this pandemic. Um, Another benefit would be that it will come at a much lower price tag. Um, Paying for school is really expensive. And not only are you paying for the academic and the learning side of things, but a lot of what you're paying for is that that experience that you were hoping to have. And if that experience is not what you were hoping for, um, perhaps it makes sense to, to delay it and invest when you are going to get that experience out of it. Um, and I think that's a really important thing to consider is what is the type of experience you're looking to get. Now, I'm not out to lunch here completely. I know that there are downsides to taking the time off as well, and it's not for everyone. So if you are not um, motivated to choose your own adventure and to design your own year, then perhaps it is best to be working in somebody else's system. Um, The other thing that I can see coming down is we're we're heading for another double cohort, um, which happened in the early 2000s, where we had double the amount of people applying for post-secondary. So those who are in grade 11 now and those who are in grade 12 now but choose to delay a year will be heading into post-secondary in a a similar time frame. And I know that high schools and universities are already planning for this bump in enrollment, uh, both for um, an extra semester at high school. Some people are thinking of going back for that. Um, And some people are thinking of taking the year off and then applying the the following year. So there may be a little bit more competition uh, moving forward for future years, but there's also the opportunity, and I've talked about this several times, to defer your acceptance. So if you have been accepted, please reach out to your, your university and see what the options are for deferring your acceptance. And what that means is you're saying, I still want to come to this program, I just don't want to come right now. I want to come next year. Now, some of them, uh, some institutions might be changing their deferral policy because this might become a request, but you need to get in there and you need to ask. So in some cases, COVID-19 might not be a reason that they are um, allowing deferrals. It may be. People are, are changing their policies left, right and center here. A lot of them are staying the same. 
And a lot of them require that you have some sort of plan in place for what you're going to be doing during that year. Um, So if you do need support with that, I highly recommend checking out our gap year certification program because that can be done from home. And it's a great reason uh, to be deferring your acceptance if they do need that. So you can check that out. Um, But definitely the idea of deferring your acceptance will help with that concern around going into another double cohort. Um, So gap years can be a really, really positive thing in this very uncertain time. And I know that it can be a little bit overwhelming to think about what you could possibly do on a gap year, given those those three different scenarios. If we're in complete uh, social distancing, or if we aren't allowed to travel, or if we aren't allowed to gather in large groups. So I'm putting together an online workshop in May that's going to guide you through the planning process. So you definitely don't want to miss that. So even if you're unsure if a gap year is for you, this will really help you to compare apples to apples. So what would I be doing if I wasn't enrolled in school? And what would I be doing if I was enrolled in school, depending on which of the the criteria might exist? So it hopefully will help you in that to return or not to return school decision. Um, So I hope this podcast has helped you to really explore your values, explore what's important to you about heading into university next year and what the, the possible futures might be. And you can likely start to see what decision will most align with your values and what's important to you. And you can you may still have to wait on some information. You may not be able to make this final decision until you have information from the post-secondaries on what things are going to look like, but you will be one step further down the line to committing to a decision. You'll be setting yourself up for a quicker and easier and clearer decision once that information becomes available and you can act because you have that foundation of what's actually important to you and will that be possible or will that not be possible. So again, I hope this was valuable to you. Please download that template to help clarify some of these activities. And as always, if you want to walk through this exercise or talk about this decision, I am available for free 30-minute chats and uh, you can get those at cangap.ca slash call and um, more than happy to chat with you through this decision-making process because it is a very challenging time and uh, I might have some insight that can support you in that process. So there you have it, all of the information I've got for you in this episode, and I'm excited to bring you more next week when we have a little bit more information. So until next time, keep on adventuring while staying safe at home. Take care.